If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Strictly Sports. I'm Jacob Brown. We're back here after taking a week off. CJ Uri and Steve Cashin are here with me today. Uh, we're going to start off by doing short sports. Then we're going to go into pretenders and contenders. We did teams on the last pod. This week we're going to do pretenders and contenders for quarterbacks. Then we have Strictly Powerhouses, uh, which is really just the top 10 teams right now. Not in terms of record, because I don't think record uh, really describes the top 10 teams. It's just going to be a power ranking type thing. Then we're going to have a new segment, Steve's College Football Rant, uh, wearing the Georgia hat right now. It must be feeling great there. Then we're going to have Better's Corner, uh, and then we're going to finish uh, with the few. There were actually a few NBA trades that went down over the last uh, few hours, specifically with Milwaukee, and we'll end the pod with that. So let's start this pod with short sports. So I'm going to go in a little bit about college football before Steve does. Only going to touch it a little bit. Michigan lost again. Uh, I saw a bunch of tweets last week. Oh, you should probably be taking Michigan this uh, this week, guys, in the betting corner. Uh, take Michigan. They're, they're going to win this week. And then they get crushed. Uh, so Michigan, listen, if, if they even come close to Rutgers, I think Michigan needs to fire Harbaugh. There's no sense keeping him around. If you can't even beat a team like Indiana, I don't know what else you could do. They already lost to Michigan State. It's getting rough over there in Ann Arbor. So let's look at the NFL. Colts beat the Titans 34-17 to on Thursday. This was a great win for the Colts. We were talking on the pod before this with Connor. We were all on the same train here. Hey, the Colts are really legit. Top three defense in every category. Offensive line, weapons. Uh, they got the running backs, wide receivers, everything. And they beat the Titans. Then you have Eagles, Giants, Giants winning a game. Listen, I'm a Giants fan. I want them to keep losing. I don't know why they keep winning. I want that high draft pick. Why do you need to go for the division when you know you're not going to be good? Really annoying as a Giants fan. Browns barely beat the Texans 10-7. Browns are really confusing. You kind of look at them. It's like, okay, well, well, their defense is really good. They got a lot of big names. That offense can barely score. Baker's really not the right guy. Detroit barely beats Washington 30-27. Green Bay with a close win over Jacksonville. Then we got the Bucs in a rebound week against Carolina, 46-23. The offense really showing up there. Then we got the Raiders beating the Broncos 37-12. Time to take notice on the Raiders. I don't have them in my top 10 teams, but they're going to be hanging around there in this wild card race. They're not going anywhere. Then you got the Dolphins beating the Chargers 29-21. They're a playoff team. Stop. I mean, the Dolphins are definitely a playoff team. I think you got them, you got Indianapolis or the the loser of the AFC South, and you've got probably either Cleveland, maybe Vegas making that uh, final wildcard spot. I have the notes uh, later for later in the show. Then we have Arizona beating Buffalo 32 to 30. I'm going to say this right now. I am taking Kyler Murray over Lamar Jackson every day of the week. Kyler Murray actually has an arm. He can throw the football. Lamar Jackson could not throw a Hail Mary like Kyler did at the end of that Buffalo game. Then you got the Rams and Seahawks. Seahawks are starting to slip. We'll talk about them later in the pod. 
Steelers improved to nine and zero as expected. Uh, Ravens, I just went in on Lamar. You got to beat the Patriots, man. You can't lose a game like that. And then we had Monday Night Football last night. Bears returning back to normalcy. Nick Foles, I know Adiel loves to talk about Nick Foles as if he's Tom Brady. Uh, He's a 500 quarterback on a subpar team. Uh, No outstanding tools. He's worse than Carson Wentz statistically, even though Adiel likes to tell me that Carson Wentz is so much worse than Foles. Uh, I think Foles is just a, you know, backup quarterback, journeyman QB that finds some good teams, finds ways to win. But it's he, he got exposed last night. Uh, so now let's get into the actual pod here. Uh, first of all, how are you guys doing? Uh, we had a big, you know, two weeks without the pod. Uh, I know, Steve, you're wearing this Georgia hat. Uh, you know, explain the story behind that. Uh, just uh, start talking. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm getting clowned by all these teams that I have no loyalties to. Uh, Georgia let me down this past, well, two weeks ago. I bought the hat. It was 10 bucks at the mall, so I was like, you know, screw it. You know, I hate Florida, their whole program, everything they're about. So, rooted against them. And then they proceeded to put a 40-piece up on my ass, and <laughs> and they lose. So, uh, I have no loyalties. Florida State's dumpster fire. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I have college football is just uh, – not been a friend of mine this year so far. So, uh, what do you mean? FAU's four and one. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, got one team. Oh, yeah. And the, oh, yeah. The people at UF keep trying to clown my ass too because I'm like, if FAU's four and one, like, who do you play? I'm like, still four and one. More rings this past few years than you all got in the last 10. So, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I think that like UF has only played, I believe, two ranked teams. I think Texas AM was ranked. And I think that Georgia was ranked. Other than that, Missouri, Arkansas, um, and the other team was uh, I don't think LSU was ranked. Um, So FAU's played just one less ranked team because Marshall was ranked 16 at the time. So yeah, and should have won that that one next time. Yeah, but uh, I've been doing good. Um, Been applying to uh, sports jobs there's not really many out there but uh other than that i've been keeping up with sports um the dolphins have won five in a row uh they look unbelievable tua looks really good brian flores looks like he is a legitimate coach in the nfl not only that i think he's a top 10 coach now i think a lot of people are giving him that much respect um and i think the dolphins are primed to make a playoff spot and hopefully around the time that the playoffs are around uh Maybe there's a COVID vaccine out, and um, if it's an away game, I would love to travel, and I would love to go. Um, other than that, uh, the uh, tr- like the the uh, free agent stuff and the trade stuff for the NBA is back open. There's been a lot of drama with that. There's a lot of rumors around the Miami Heat, so I've been keeping up with that. But it looks like James Harden wants to go to the Nets really bad. I've been trying to follow that stuff, but you never know with the NBA. These guys are like, get me out of here. Like, you know, I, I, I need to leave this place, whatever. And you're like, why? You're getting paid so much money. <laughs> and these guys are like, no, I want to go play with my buddy. Like, get me out of here. And it's just like, oh, my God. You know, I got to tell you, out of all the leagues in the in America, the NBA are just full of so many divas. They're, they're full of That's a lot so of personalities true. and guys that are def, definitely like mega – superstars around the world but they're just such divas but uh other than that um fau football has been has been awesome to watch uh i like the direction that willie taggart's bringing the team to be honest i know that pains steve to nod his head that because he's not a willie guy but uh (laughs) willie taggart's doing really good stuff here in fau at fau and i love the defense and i think that 
Um, we have a mini Lamar Jackson in our midst now with JV on Posey. That guy can run and throw. Uh, he's going to be a threat. And Steve, we play UF uh, week one next year. Maybe that's your guy to go into the swamp and potentially steal one. Oh yeah. If, if, if uh, FAU can somehow, you know, squeak a win out there, that city will get burned to the ground. I will literally party for two weeks straight. You know, that'd be the highlight of my college football, like life just to like, cause they think they're on a, such a high pedestal there at that school. Take them down. Willie Tide, that'd be a signature win for FAU. Just don't get me wrong. They'll be top five next year going into week one. And if FAU could somehow figure it out and they look good, I hit a teaser this week with them. FIU, they, they covered the spread heavily and you know, they're rolling now. It should be 5-1 after this week. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a one more game after UMass, correct? And then, I think so, yeah. And the line is at minus 32 for FAU the last I checked for this weekend. Yeah, they I wonder should. If that's the um, the biggest like spread in FAU history. I know we played like, um, I don't even know some like D two school last year at home to open up like the season or something like like the home, or it was like right after the UCF game we played some some school Jacksonville's something. I, I, I oh I, oh I Shador's uh, new school. Was that <laughs> is that Shador's new school? No, that was JSU. No, no, okay, no. okay. I don't even know. We played some random team last year. There's D two, but I don't even know if the spread was thirty two and a half. I think it was like thirty. But anyway, yeah, that's a massive spread. But look, the if the, if FAU can can win out and they go like I think it would be like seven and one. Um, mm-hmm. so I think they have three more games or four more games if they go seven or seven and one or eight and one and then go win their bowl game. There's no reason why on this this crazy year that FAU can't be ranked in the top twenty five. I saw something on Twitter that Willie's got his team poised for, for a top 25 finish. And it was like a random college football account. It wasn't like a FAU fan account and it had like a, you know, hundred thousand followers. So I, I, and I agree with it. So, you know, FAU is a great, uh, is a great thing to watch right now. And I'm very excited to see where the program goes going forward. hundred percent. So we got this uh, new segment here. We did pretenders and contenders last time we did it. We did it for teams this week. We're going to do it for quarterbacks. I think everyone can kind of guess one of my pretenders uh, for the QB position. It's Lamar Jackson. I mean, I'm sorry. Lamar Jackson, I I like him a lot. I think he's very talented. I still think he's one of the best runners I've ever seen. But for if you're a quarterback, you need to be able to throw the ball too. And he's shown a lack of an ability to be able to do that in pressure situations and big-time type of games and even in games where they should win. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, you've got a top five defense. You've got Lamar Jackson, the defending MVP. You can't go into Foxborough with Cam Newton the way he's been playing, no Tom Brady, uh, all these COVID cases for the Patriots, all these guys who opted out of the season, all the free agents who left. This isn't even close to the Patriots team of the last 5, 10, 20 years. So the, the Ravens needed to go into this week and win. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I mean, you just look at him. It's the eye test. Uh, there were a few passes in that game. He almost threw a pick. There was one pass where he threw it in the middle of the field and there was no Raven anywhere in the vicinity of where he threw. It was almost picked off and they dropped it. But I, I watched Kyler Murray, man. You watched the Hail Mary that he threw on Sunday afternoon. Lamar Jackson can't do that. And I'm saying, Kyler Murray, he's just as good, maybe possibly better a runner than Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think 
Kyler, he, he's a baseball guy. He used to play baseball, so you can see in his slides, he knows how to slide really well, get out of trouble. He's got that baseball throwing motion, unlike Lamar, who's got this really unorthodox way of throwing. Um, so I'm going to look here. I have my other QBs here. Uh, another contender for me is Joe Burrow. I think on a team that only has one win, he's been playing extraordinarily well. He set a bunch of rookie records. I really like that. Um, I think Josh Allen is on my contenders list. This is a guy who's thrown for 400 yards multiple times this season. He's starting to throw a lot less picks, becoming a lot more reliable. I know they lost that game against Arizona. But again, Buffalo, they're going to be poised to win this division. I think they can win a playoff game. They beat Russell Wilson. That's saying something. So I like Josh Allen. Uh, and then, yes, I have Kyler Murray as another contender for me. Uh, more pretenders, Baker Mayfield. He's a total pretender. This Cleveland Browns team, you look at them, they have the defense to do it. The last few weeks, they've held teams to under 10 points, but they can't score. They've been lucky to win. They, they're really lucky they shut Deshaun Watson down this Sunday because they only scored 10 points and won by a field goal. Uh, and then another pretender for me is Derek Carr, to be honest with you. I think Derek Carr is getting a little overhyped right now. They have a good record, uh, but it's really it's not really because of Derek Carr. Uh, he's kind of just the facilitator of this offense. He's not really doing much. Uh, he's not throwing for these big passing yards. He's kind of just there. Uh, and then if I'm going to throw in one more, I think Phillip Rivers is a pretender. Uh, Phillip Rivers, if, if the Colts had a different quarterback, like Andrew Luck, let's just say, they would be a Super Bowl contender right now. I think Phillip Rivers limits them. Uh, but what about you guys? We got pretenders and contenders for the quarterback position. We'll start with CJ. Yeah, so um... – for me, I'm not ready to uh, – I, I kind of changed my stance uh, yesterday on Lamar Jackson. Um, I am not ready to say that he is a uh, pretender. I think that when, when the Ravens lose, um, he takes so much of the blame. And there's other facets of the Ravens that are just not good. And I think they're overly reliant on Lamar Jackson – very similar to the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks are unbelievably reliant on Russell Wilson. And I was watching Colin Cowherd yesterday uh, in my free time. And he said, you know, I don't, I don't think the Seahawks win a game without Russell Wilson. And in a way, I kind of agree because their defense is horrible. Like, it's so bad. The, right. the O-line is so bad. And they get so many injuries in the backfield. And it's like, if you shut down DK Metcalf, what is Russell Wilson going to do? You can't constantly throw underneath to Tyler Lockett not going to work so i think that's totally true and i think it's the same thing with the ravens with lamar jackson so i'm not ready to say he's he he's slipped out of contender for me this year if you would have said the first five weeks first six weeks of the season i would say he of course he's a contender it's lamar jackson he slipped out of my contender but he's not a pretender yet i mean if you look at his stats on on monday night he had a he had a pretty damn good game and people don't realize it like if you look at the stats like he was over 250 yards passing you know obviously a bunch of yards rushing his passer rating wasn't bad at all uh, he did what he could do. And if you saw the Ravens drop the ball a ton of time, a ton of times, but anyway, um, in the AFC, I'll just give two or three contenders here. Um, actually I'll give four, I'll give four, one per division. Uh, my contender, uh, in the AFC East, uh, I would love to say Tua. obviously I, I believe that Tua Tagovailoa, Tua Tagovailoa, whatever, however you say it, my God, uh, I think Tua is a contender. Uh, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think he's a very tough play to play in the playoffs. Um, but I would say my contender out of the AFC East, Josh Allen, obviously. Uh, um, in the AFC North, 
Um, my contender is going to be Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, people hate on him. People don't. People people are still totally not sold on the Steelers team. They're just like the Steelers are nine and zero, but people don't really care too much about them being nine and zero. But Ben Roethlisberger looks good. Uh, the defense looks good over there, so I would not want to play Big Ben. He's a contender this year uh, for the Super Bowl ring. Uh, in the AFC ha- AFC South, I'm going to go Phillip Rivers. I like Phillip Rivers this year with the Colts. Um, I don't think he limits them as much as people are saying. I think it, some of his games are bad, but that, that's what you get with Phillip Rivers. He's like the exalted Ryan Fitzpatrick of the league. I mean, he is a guy that's going to make some mistakes, but if he, if he has a game where he's not going to make mistakes, then – I think you're going to win because <laughs> that Colts defense is just that good. So I think Phillip Rivers is getting to that point where he's starting to limit the turnovers this season. They trounced the Titans on Thursday night in Tennessee. Uh, that was a big game. So he slides immediately into my contenders uh, ranking. And then in the AFC West, I'm going to go with Derek Carr because I know that Patrick Mahomes is already a contender. He's a Super Bowl favorite. So I'm not going to even cover that. I like the Raiders or as Boomer would say, the Raiders. I love the Raiders. I love Derek Carr. Uh, the running game is huge, and Gruden's got the defense going. So those are my contenders in the AFC. And I'll quickly say my pretenders. Uh, my pretenders in the AFC East, uh, Cam Newton. Uh, I'm not I'm not sold on the Cam Newton and the, and the Patriots. Uh, they're winning some games, but they're winning them Belichick-style, like super sloppy games, um, games that you're not overly impressed. And it's not really Cam Newton's fault. They just have no weapons over in New England. Uh, in the AFC North, I'm going to go Baker Mayfield. That's kind of obvious. They just don't score as much. Uh, he's got way too many different games. He'll, he'll have two games horrible. Then he'll have one game where he goes four, four touchdowns, and then he'll go back down to mediocrity. So you don't know what you're going to get in the playoffs. Uh, but they might make the playoffs at six and three. Uh, I'm going to go with in the AFC South. Uh, this is really tough to say, but I just don't. I was really sold on the Titans, but I'm not sold on the Titans anymore. I think Ryan Tannehill at the Titans are kind of a pretender, but they're more of a more of in the middle of pretender contender, but for the sake of the show, I would say Tannehill at the moment is a pretender with the Titans. And then Drew Locke with a, a with the Broncos <laughs> is absolute pretender. So that's the AFC. So then I'll go quickly into my NFC contenders here. Um, well, first of all, do you guys agree with any of those? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just disagree with Carr, and and uh, I think he's just a little overrated. And then I agree pretty much with all the the rest of them. Yeah, same. I'm we kind of have a similar list going down. I'm looking at mine now. I got a few differences, but I do think Tua is, I mean, I would not shy away from him being a contender. Like from what he's shown three weeks so far, guy's a winner, makes the right throws, makes the right reads. I mean, this is just a small sample size of, I think of a long career for him down in Miami for being real. Boom. I totally agree. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I agree with that. All day, every day. Uh, in the NFC East, I don't. I'm not going to say a single one of those quarterbacks is a contender. Uh, that is just a horrendous <laughs> division. Um, I would say the best quarterback right now in that division is Daniel Jones, but he's still a pretender. Oh. Uh, I don't even know who the Dallas Cowboys are going to roll out on Sunday. It's Danucci, Cooper, or or Rush. I think I, I Andy might know. be back. I think they got these guys from like a minor league system in baseball just to throw <laughs> the football for a couple weeks. I've got no idea where they got these guys from. Uh, I actually like the the Washington football team uh, going forward. I, I know they're like all over the place, but I think they play the hardest out of the four teams. Um, anyway, NFC East might be the historically the worst comp, worst division in football, like like for one season. Like this, this has to be. I mean, a team that's four and twelve might make the playoffs. 
Like, yeah, it's pretty crazy. embarrassing. I mean, it's not. Hopefully, this shows the NFL that they need to go to like, like a um, one through eight format, just straight up. Yeah, a one through eight format, whatever, whatever it may be, because this just can't happen. I mean, this is so dumb. Like a team, a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could go eleven and five, and they'd have to go on the road to a four and twelve Philadelphia. Yeah, and then especially in the NFL NFL playoffs too, like it's that's a long shot. But let's say a team like Tampa or who, if New Orleans, let's say, goes on the road, all the Eagles will do is put they have to put together one good game. Something stupid happens, couple turnovers, defensive lapses, and you're on the road and you lose that game. And NFL, it's one game. It's not like you have a seven game series where you can dominate. It's one game you have to put together, and that's what's so skewed about this. The team with the better record should. I, I, I get the division winner thing, the one through four seeds, but they should make the Eagles go on the road. If you're five, five and 11 or whatever it is, you should be going on the road to play your first playoff game, not hosting a powerhouse team. Totally, totally agree, Steve. I think it's ridiculous, and it definitely shows Goodell and the NFL – uh hierarchy that this is that just this is just unacceptable uh going forward here nfc north contender aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers is the man right now he throws a bunch of touchdowns uh the defense is not good but we're not talking about defenses right now the qb spot aaron Rodgers is absolutely a contender for the super bowl he he couldn't he like with the way the seahawks are playing right now the packers might have moved up to be more of a favorite than the Seahawks to come out of the, the NFC. Uh, NFC South, I'm going to go ahead with Tom Brady. I would have said Drew Brees because Drew Brees has beat Tom Brady twice, but Drew Brees is injured right now. I'm going to go with Tom Brady and the Bucks. Tom Brady and the Bucks also just like put up a 50-burger on the Carolina Panthers who actually have a decent defense this year. Um, then on the NFC West, I'm going to go ahead and say Kyler Murray over Russ and Jared Goff right now. I think Jared Goff is a pretender, so I'll start at the bottom of the list for my pretenders. But real quick, Kyler Murray, he's legit. He's Lamar Jackson with a better arm. I don't – like the thing is, is I was talking – I was sitting there watching with my family on, on Sunday, uh, and I'm like, I don't think Kyler Murray's ever going to have that hit where it's like his career's over because he's too small. People lose him on the field. He's too slippery. He's too quick. I don't think he's ever going to have a clean hit on him. That's just like, it's going to take the most well-timed hit from a defender for him to just get blown up. And I don't see it happening. So really quick, my pretenders, NFC West, Jared Goff, NFC South. I'm going to go ahead with uh, Jameis Winston. Uh, I know that's going to sound crazy, but I think Jameis Winston is just, he's my pretender. And I know the saints are probably going to win games, but I don't think it's going to be very pretty. I'm not a Jameis Winston guy. Um, the NFC North, it's easily Nick Foles, Mitchell Trubisky, and God only knows who that's potentially going to start. And then in the, in, the, in the NFC East, my pretenders are Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones, uh, Kyle Allen, uh, and Alex Smith, and Danucci, Rush, Cooper, and Dalton. So there you go. All right, so we got Steve now for pretenders, contenders for QBs. Yeah, and uh, I don't want to sound repetitive, but uh, I just have a few a few names for each pretenders and uh, my contenders here. So for pretenders, I got to start off. I got Jimmy G uh, out in San Francisco. I just don't think. I think with what's transpired coming from New England, everyone was praising him. Was like, oh, he's gonna be the next. He's gonna be Tom Brady's. He's gonna be the guy coming, preceding him, and it just hasn't shown. He's he turns the ball over, takes takes bad sacks. He's been injured. I think every year so far that he's been in San Francisco, 
can't show that consistency. So that's my first uh, pretender there. Um, I put Lamar Jackson question mark there. Uh, like CJ said, I don't know if he's quite a pretender yet, but from watching him this year, it just can't seem like he went can win the big game. Like going back to the playoffs last year uh, against Tennessee, looked very minuscule, couldn't move the ball. Um, but at the same time, and this year they, they lost the Steelers. That's their biggest game so far this year. But I, I do believe the play calling has put him in a, a, a position where he can't succeed. They want him to be a pocket passer when he makes his bread and butter, when he's moving out. He's rolling out, finds guys, he can scramble. But I think at the same time, too, they're trying to force the run all the time. It's, it's a wildcat or it's a, draw, it's a fake draw and he's taking it. And defenses are figuring that out with, with that play scheme there. So I think Lamar, if he can't figure out how to make these plays – uh, distribute the ball down the field and make these throws and be consistent, then he, he's going to stay on the pretender side until he can prove to the general public that, you know, he can do it. Um, the next one I have is Jared Goff. I'm not a big believer. Um, a big game that stands out to me this year was uh, playing Miami. Miami made him look lost out there. They threw different blitz coverages, coverages at him, different blitz schemes. Um, you put pressure on that guy. He makes bad throws. So he's airmailing guys not making the right timings and the right throws. So he's one of my uh, pretenders. Uh, Baker Mayfield, we already hit that earlier. Jacob, you said it. I've been saying it for weeks. He is just one of those guys that it's a, he's a show guy, can't make the right throws, can't, can't win the big game either uh, against really bad teams like Cincinnati he beats up on, uh, you know, go down the list. And then Cam Newton uh, hasn't looked the same since his Super Bowl run with the uh, Carolina Panthers. His arm, I, I just don't think he's 100% healthy with his shoulder, um, you know, considering how much time he had off um, a year off after getting let go from the Panthers. But uh, he's just not the same person that he was when he had his MVP season. So those are my uh, pretenders. Moving on to the contenders here. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, is a clear number one. Uh, that speaks for itself. He's got, I believe, 20, 25 touchdowns, one pick this year so far. He's the reason why the Kansas City Chiefs are who they are. They have a lot of playmakers, but he just finds a way to get the job done consistently week in and week out. Uh, number two, I have uh, Deshaun Watson. He's just on a really bad football team. He's throwing for 2,500 yards, 18 touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, he's just on a really bad football team. Bill O'Brien put them in a, in a spot where they cannot succeed. Uh, their defense can't stop anybody. Um, he can only do so much with uh, on his side of the football. Uh, number three, um, I got the three rookies. I got Tua, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. I think those guys are an elite class. Herbert, I mean, he had a, a couple bad throws this weekend against Miami, but that happens. You're a rookie. But those three are going to be – the guys moving forward, that draft class was insane. So uh, I put an asterisk next to them because they're just so young. Two has shown some great, great stuff so far throughout the first three weeks. Not turning the ball over. He's making the right throws, and he's just a winner out there. And then my last uh, contender, I should say, is Tom Brady. Uh, he's just defining the you know, father time, 2,700 yards, 23 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, a big turnaround from what the Bucks had last year in the last five years with Jameis Winston. Tom Brady's continuing to get the job done, and uh, and they're winning football games. And it's something that I haven't seen as a Bucks fan in forever, and that's why he's one of my contenders. So that's uh, those that's my list there. So uh, yeah.
I don't know if you all agree with all those, but no, I, I really like the Herbert one. I forgot to mention him. He's just, I mean, the first time I saw him, it's like he flicks the ball. Uh, he, he doesn't really put a lot of effort into it. It looks really seamless and natural for him. And, and he looks like the guy that's going to be the quarterback in LA for the next decade. But one quarterback that none of us mentioned, I was listening this whole time, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I really like what he's been able to do in Carolina, especially considering he hasn't had McCaffrey for a lot of the season and he's still been able to be competitive in a lot of games. I, I think he's a dual threat quarterback. I don't know if he's necessarily a top 10 guy, but I'd take him over probably at least half the league, uh, maybe a little over half the league I'd take him over. So uh, I, I really like him too. So now we're going to go into strictly powerhouses uh, really quick. We're just going to go, I'm going to go 10 through one, uh, just kind of rapid fire them. So number 10, I've got the Indianapolis Colts. Um, this was a team, and I'm glad we did this segment today uh, because uh, when we were going to record last week, I said Colts slash Titans at number 10. I was waiting to see who would win that Thursday night game, but then the Colts actually won. They won convincingly. Top three defense. I I've already gone over it with the Colts. I like them a lot. Number nine, I've got the Miami Dolphins. This team's going to make the playoffs. I think their defense is a little bit better than Indianapolis, although Indianapolis is a little bit more experienced than Miami on that defensive side in terms of the fact that the Colts defense has been playing as a unit together. I know there's a lot of veterans in Miami. I just mean they haven't played together for a full season yet. Uh, I like what two has been doing, three straight games. Uh, excuse me, not three straight, five straight wins. Like the win over Miami. Uh, excuse me, like the win over the Rams, like the win over the Chargers. Um, and I like their. I really like their win over Arizona on the road. Uh, number eight, I got Buffalo. They're going to win the division. I can't put Miami over Buffalo. If they're not going to win the division, I like what Allen's been doing. Number seven, I would have had them higher, but Breeze is injured. I've got the Saints at number seven. I think if Breeze is healthy, maybe they get a playoff win, but who knows how much time he's going to miss. They're really kind of up in the air right now. Number six, I've got Arizona. I really like what they're doing. If they win Thursday night, which I low-key, I think they might win Thursday night, uh, they're going to be in the lead in the NFC West. So I like what Arizona's doing. I love Kyler. I like that defense, Arizona at six. I've got Seattle at five, uh, just because I think Russell Wilson, how am I going to put Wilson under the Cardinals until they actually lose? So right now I've got Seattle at five. Tampa at number four. Uh, I would have had them under New Orleans as well, but Breeze is injured. They're 0-2 versus the Saints, but I think they're going to prevail in that division now. I also think they're better than Seattle because Seattle's defense sucks. Uh, I got to give credit to Connor Martin here. Uh, I'm kind of switching my uh, take here on the Green Bay Packers. They're number three for me now. They've just been the most consistent, period. Uh, number two, Pittsburgh Steelers. Number one, Kansas City Chiefs. I think probably all of us are going to have those two at the top. So let's go to Steve first uh, for the Strictly Powerhouse since we went to CJ first for Pretenders and Contenders. So let's go, uh, Steve, with your top 10 NFL teams. And by the way, I had no Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, I did, it's... I hadn't. I'm gonna go off my list that I made last last week, but I'm gonna make some adjustments on the fly here. But so I'll start with. Uh, I'll go one through ten. Uh, I'll start at the top. Um, number one, I got Pittsburgh. Um, I'm just gonna give credit Ooh. to the, the the only undefeated team left in the league. Uh, yeah, I can't knock them. They're, they're finding a way to win every week. Big Ben is uh, like CJ said uh, in his uh, uh, contenders list. He's finding a way to prove everyone wrong. Um, that defense finds a way to make a stop at the end of the game late, get a turnover and whatnot. Number two, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, they're right back where they were last year. Uh, 
I think they're primed to be um, in the Super Bowl uh, when it's all said and done. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to have a great year, but um, ultimately come up short. So I got Kansas City at number two. Number three, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they're, they're also getting the job done. Breeze has been banged up uh, throughout this season, kind of fighting through a uh, little adversity there. Their defense is fast, and they dismantled the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on prime time um, and made them look very minuscule. Uh, number four, I got the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen and, uh, and Stephon Diggs on the offense side of the ball. They're doing great things over there. Uh, the defense is, is kind of up and down. If, if they can find uh, some consistency over there on that side of the ball, I think they're going to be a really uh, tough team to bounce in the playoffs. Uh, number five, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, bounce back game, like Jacob said, uh, this week against Carolina. Yes, it's Carolina without Christian McCaffrey. Bridgewater did leave that game early, but I like what Tom Brady did this week in, in a bounce back game. The defense showed up again. Uh, they have yet to play a full complete game, so I think if Tampa Bay can figure that out, they will climb that ladder. Um, number six, I got the Seattle Seahawks. A uh, couple of you know, last three weeks, kind of sluggish, but uh, I think they'll figure some things out. I think Russell Wilson will get back on track, and I think Seattle will be, be just fine throughout the rest of this year. Um, number seven, I got the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not ready to jump ship there. I think Lamar Jackson's still kind of. Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna see the best of him coming down the stretch here. I think he's getting a lot of uh, you know a lot of hate, but I think he'll figure it out. And that offense will get rolling again. Number eight, I got the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and them are on. I feel like you know they're still a top ten team. You know, despite I, I just can't give the edge to some of these teams that have beaten them. Uh, they're still seven and two, one of the top five teams. I think they can potentially be a top five team when it's all said and done after the sh- uh, when the year's complete. Uh, number nine, I got the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray has uh, been impressive this year. Him and D Hop have been have had a good connection there on the offensive side of the ball. They're able to run uh, consistently throughout the game, and their defense is quick enough where they get some stops, but they ultimately uh, can outscore you is how they get you, uh, how they beat you. And uh, number 10, I got the Miami Dolphins. Uh, that might be a surprise to some, but uh, they've beaten Arizona, and they beat the L.A. Rams head-to-head. They're, they're all 6-3, and three, but Miami's defense is legit. Um, I, I think C.J. was talking about it earlier this year where – the defense, he, he was all high on them, and I, I didn't believe it. But watching the last few weeks, they're quick. They make plays. They block a punt, block a field goal, pick six, whatever. It keeps you in the game, keeps the load off too a little bit, give them the lead, and then the offensive side of the ball has, has really carried their weight uh, the last two weeks especially. So I like Miami at number 10, and I do believe they'll be up in the playoffs when it's, uh, when this season's all said and done and maybe a, a top uh, – I think they could still be in it with the division. Uh, they still play the uh, the Bills last week of the year. All right, so that was Steve's top 10 and Strictly Powerhouses. Now we're going to go to CJ after that. We're all going to debate what we agree and disagree on. So let's go, CJ. What are your top 10 teams in the NFL? All right, cool. So I'm going to rattle off my quick top three. That's not going to change regardless. I'm going to go Steelers, Chiefs, Bucks, uh, one through three. Uh, I would have had the Saints there at the three spot, but – Drew Brees is hurt. The Bucs came off an electric win. I don't necessarily know what's going to happen to AB with this legal stuff that's going on, but I don't think it's going to be anything big. I just think he had a run-in with the surveillance camera at a park, and he just wanted to be left alone, and he had a little bit of an outburst. But in terms of his actually bad 
legal issues, I think that this ranks the lowest. So, AB, I think you'll be okay. And the Bucks say that they um, they were aware of this incident before signing him, which is a big deal. And I think that the TB12 connection to AB is just starting to cook. So, I'm going to go with the Bucks at three. So, then we go to the number four team on my rankings would be the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers are playing good football offensively. Defensively, they're going to need some help. And this is what made no sense to me why they wouldn't have drafted a defensive player with their first round pick instead of Jordan Love. I'm sure they could have found a defensive uh, playmaker. Uh, Antoine Winfield, I think they could have gotten. Uh, There's a couple like, you know, the Dolphins got Raekwon Davis in the second round. He would have been available. Stuff like that. I don't know why the Packers did that, but is what it is. Packers are number four on my list. Then we're going to go with the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints are the number five team on my list. And I would have had them up around number three, but Drew Brees is injured. I think with Jameis Winston, they'll still win. I don't think it'll be as pretty. I need to see James Winston before I say that they're back into my top three. Then we're going to go back to the AFC here. And uh, at number six, I unfortunately will have to put the Buffalo Bills there. The Buffalo Bills are probably going to win the AFC East. Now, I know the Dolphins are only a half game back and the Dolphins have a very favorable schedule going forward, but I do believe that it's going to come down to the Dolphins-Bills game at the end of the year. And I believe that the Bills... Uh, in Buffalo will probably win that game. Um, the Dolphins only have two cold weather games this year. They go to, um, they go to Denver, they go to Buffalo and I only have them winning one of the cold games, which would be Denver. So I'll go with the bills at six there. Um, at seven, I'm going to go with the, uh, Arizona Cardinals actually currently in my CJ's rankings. I got the, Arizona Cardinals at seven. They're six and three. Kyler Murray looks great. I think that was a big win for them. I think that's like a win that they're going to be able to rely on going forward. And they're going to say that we can do it. We can always do it no matter what. I'm going to go with the Cardinals there. Um, that was number seven, right? Yes, number seven. So number eight, I'm going to say the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks wow. are still legit. People need to remember that Russell Wilson's loving MVP season. There's no way he's not in the top 10. He's not in the top five, but he's in the back, the back half of the bottom five. So I'm going to go with the Seahawks at number eight. And we're going to go back to the, um, we're going to go back up to the AFC. Uh, my, the Baltimore Ravens have fallen out of my top 10. The, um, the Miami Dolphins have won five in a row right now. I'm going to have them at my number nine spot. Um, they're currently ranked in my top 10 obviously overall rosters and overall ability to win a Super Bowl ring. I don't think that they're in most people's top 10, but currently in their form and their, the way they're playing, they're a top 10 team in the league. They won five in a row. So, and they've got some favorable matchups going forward that I don't see them dropping, especially with this defense. So that was number nine. And at number 10, I'm going to have the Los Angeles Rams. I just beat the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, not the biggest golf believer, but hey, you beat the Seahawks like that. You made Russell Wilson not look very good. So I'm going to have this, the Rams at 10 teams that I've left out. And this is why I've left out the Ravens just just lost. I'm not the biggest believer in the Colts uh, and and, um, and whatnot. I mean, I think the Colts are going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to win their their division, but I just don't have them as a top ten team right now. Uh, they're you know they're 
Philip Rivers, like I said, he's probably going to limit his mistakes going forward. I think they're going to win some football games, but they're always going to be defensively sort of ugly games. I think that Tennessee Titans win was not a fluke, but I don't think you're going to see many games like that where they're going to win by 17 or more. I love the Titans out because they don't look good. They haven't looked good in a month. Uh, they started off the season, I think, 5-0 and or 5-1, and one, and they are like 1-3 and uh, three since, I believe, something like that. Uh, that's not very good. And I left out uh, the Cleveland Browns, and I don't think I need to give too much of a reason for that. And in a way, I do agree with Jacob. Derek Carr is a bit uh, overhyped. Some people say he's underhyped, but I don't think he's as good as people um, say. And I was just not prepared to put the Raiders in the top 10. So those are my top 10. So to quickly recap that, I had the – to start from the bottom, it was Steelers – or start from the top, Steelers, Chiefs, uh, Buccaneers, and then it was um, Packers, Saints. Um, and then at six, I had the Buffalo Bills. And at seven, I had the Cardinals. Then at eight, I had the Seahawks. And at nine, I had the Dolphins. And at 10, I had the Rams. So that is my top 10. Well, I think uh, you're putting Arizona over Seattle. And this is a big game this Thursday because it's we have a three-way tie in the NFC West with Arizona, Seattle, LA. And you're going to see a team go into first place uh, potentially with this game, and also because the Rams are playing the Bucks this week, if they lose and Arizona slash Seattle wins, they'll take sole possession of first. So it's interesting. You know, you've got Arizona over Seattle. Does that mean you think they're going to win Thursday as well? Are you taking that plus three? I don't know if I if I I don't know if I believe that they're going to win uh, going into Thursday, but I, I would say this: whoever loses that game would be out of my top ten. Okay. So, okay. Well, do you have Seattle over Arizona then? I mean, if you think Arizona's going to lose that game. I, I don't know yet. If Chris Carson is active, I'll take the Seattle Seahawks. If he's not, I'll take the Cardinals any day of the week. Interesting. So we got, so none of us had the Raiders either. I'm kind of happy about that. Cause like I'm looking at their record and you, you like to kind of be optimistic about it, but at the same time, it's the Raiders, you know, I mean, I, I don't see them being a top 10 type of team. <laughs> If they make the playoffs, they're a one-win type of uh, team, maybe. Uh, but you look around the AFC, they're not beating Pittsburgh. They're not beating Buffalo. They're not beating Miami. They're not beating the Chiefs. They're, I mean, they're not going to beat any with it. Maybe they beat the Colts, right, and maybe the Titans. Uh, so I, I just don't see the Raiders being much of a threat. And I think we all had Green Bay above Seattle, which a few weeks ago, you know, you and I, CJ, we were not really high on Green Bay in the sense that they were better than Seattle. But – uh, the last few weeks have kind of proven Green Bay's remaining steady, although that Jacksonville win was a little bit closer than you would want it to be, only by four points. But still, I think their defense is just slightly better than Seattle's. I think Seattle's is like 31st in the league. I mean, they're they're bad. Uh, no excuse in that defense. They're, they're really, really bad. The Seattle Seahawks defense is really, really bad, and I'm very disappointed because I want to see – if there's a if there's any other quarterback in the league right now that is not named Tua Tagovailoa for a Super Bowl ring, I would love to see Russell Wilson get one more ring um, to cement an even better legacy. And that defense is just not going to do it for him. Yeah, and that's the sad part. I mean, he, he he's one of these guys. It's a lot like Aaron Rodgers. He only has one ring. Those are two guys. Really, they would love to get that second ring. Uh, Big Ben's got two rings. He might be going for a third this year. Um, but those are our top ten. We were all pretty close there. Not a lot of disagreements, just kind of different order. Uh, and now, what is our next segment here? We've got Steve's college football rant coming on here. Let's go. Steve, have at it. 
All righty. So uh, before we get started here, uh, there's a few talking points we got here. We got, I got FSU's disaster of a program. I'm going to go break down Georgia, Florida. We didn't discuss that last week. Uh, Clemson's still a top two team in the country. Uh, we're going to touch BYU and then all college football playoff breakdown um, upcoming games this week. So to start off, uh, you know, I have no loyalties, I say, to uh, any team in college football anymore. Florida State has consistently breaking, broken my heart uh, week in and week out. I might as well put on a, a, a clown suit every week when I put that polo on. Um, this team sitting at two and six. I don't know where this program took a, a nosedive, but I think it was it was when Jam- when Jameis left, Jimbo Fisher left. The last good part of that program was beating Michigan in the Orange Bowl, and that seemed like an eternity ago. But this program is 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 in shambles. They they are two and six, and they have lost. They are getting outscored two hundred eighty nine to one seventy six so far this year. They beat a top five team in the country when I thought they were back. I thought this team was gonna was gonna show me that hey, let's rattle off a few wins, win out, and finish this year eight and four. Nope, two and six get blown out by Louisville the next week. They have one of their wins is against Jacksonville State, and they had to come back and win that game. This team is fraudulent. They're not going to be good. I chalked up the NC State win. You know, you learn, you you live and you learn. I bet on Florida State every week this year, and only one time has it worked out in my favor, and that's NC State. They don't cover. Vegas has taken my, my money. I'm a chump. And this week, take the spread. Take the Clemson spread. I don't care if it's 100 points. They will cover it. That, that score is going to be 63-3, to final score. They might not score a touchdown. Florida State is just god-awful. Tamari and Terry left FSU. Marvin Wilson's out for the season. James Blackman's transferring. That team is nowhere. It's not going to be anywhere near what they were in 2013 anytime soon. They've hired two awful head coaches, two mid-tier coaches. Willie Taggart, I think, is is great where he's at now at FAU. It's that's it, that's his style. There's not too much pressure, enough talent there. And they move on to Norvell, who's a wannabe big time head coach, came from Memphis, is not what you need. They need to hire a guy like Florida did with Dan Mullen. He's I think that guy's a tool, but he knows how to coach a quarterback, knows how to coach a team, but that's how they have to do it. That's my Florida State talk. I'm, I'm done talking about this team the rest of the year. And we'll move on to Florida, who is kind of opposite to Florida State. They, they figured out how to build that program back up. Dan Mullen, they hired the right guy. Kyle Trask, I think he's going to be the Heisman winner. Some people think that's crazy because there's a guy named Justin Fields on the other side who already has almost 1,000 yards passing, has 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. But Kyle Trask threw for six touchdowns, 356 yards this week against Arkansas. They're making teams look – after that Texas A&M game, they're pretty much handling every team that's staying in their way. I thought Felipe Franks was going to come in and beat Florida. Also a clown for picking them this week. I was a fool to do that, taking the spread there. Uh, but, you know, they have a good connection in Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. Those are two two guys you're going to be seeing play on Sundays. And I think Florida, it's it's a one-way ticket to Alabama at this point. If they beat Alabama, they will be in the playoff. But I think that's going to be too much of uh, – it's going to be an uphill climb for them to, to ultimately get there. But Florida's going to be a playoff team if they win out. It's, it's pretty dry and clear cut. But I hate them just because they play they, – they make FSU look like a bunch of clowns week in and week out. They're, they're students. I can't stand them. But anyway, Florida will be in the playoff, I think, if they beat Alabama. It's pretty clear cut and dry.
And then BYU, the team we all want to hate. Just, you know, Zach Wilson, I, I can't stand him. His, you know, him walking around, you know, with his headband on the sideline, being the guy. You know, I wasn't a big believer in BYU. They destroyed my Navy team 55-3 to three to start off. And they're just a they're wrecking teams week in and week out. I'm going to rattle off some scores here. They beat Troy 48-7, Louisiana Tech 45-14, Texas State 52-14, Western Kentucky 41-10, Boise State 51-17. Now that body of work isn't quite, let's say, no, impressive, but they're still getting the job done. I, that's one team I would love to see in the playoff. Just, you know, since this is COVID year, why not? Let's see a team like, you know, Cincinnati or BYU in the in the playoff but i don't think they'll get there i think they'll make a new year six bowl they're going to be a team that's going to represent the group of five and i think they ultimately play it's going to be florida and byu in the orange bowl that's what everyone's projecting that'd be a great game to see i think byu can run the ball they can throw zach wilson will be in the nfl um cj we talked about that before the show he thinks he's the next mahomes on the on zach wilson. yeah i mean he's watching the boise state game he was moving around the pocket, can run, scramble. He has a good offensive line, and if you put him on the right team, I think he, he's, he's primed for success. And, uh, and the last one here, we'll go to uh, you know, a college football playoff preview. I think we'll save a lot of people some time. The top four right now is going to be your top four at the end of the year. I think you're not going to see any shakeups uh, going forward. Uh, it's going to be Alabama, Notre Dame, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Notre Dame beat Clemson already. If they split the season series, which they will end up meeting in the ACC championship game, you can't knock a Notre Dame team out with one loss. That's already beaten a Clemson team. That's top four. Alabama, I don't see them losing to Florida. Ohio State's going to run the table the rest of the year. Um, people want to put respect on Indiana's name, but their body of work isn't necessarily impressive. Uh, I, I like what they're doing. Uh, Tom Allen, their head coach, is a great guy. He's He's got that team in the right direction. They played a Penn State team that's 0-4. Uh, they beat a Michigan team that's one and three. They played Ruckerts and I believe their other win. I can't. Oh, Nebraska. That's what it was. So you look at the body of work there. I think Ohio State will win handily this week. Uh, they're going to have a tough time shutting down Justin Fields. And outside looking in, I don't, I like Oregon. I want them to make the playoff, but six games isn't enough for me to put them in a a top four rankings. And if they, I told Jacob this earlier, it was if they played a, a USC team was top 10 and a Washington team that was 15, you could certainly put them in. That'd be two top 15 wins in a span of six games. You could definitely do it with a Pac-12 championship, but I think the top four is going to be clear cut and dry. Uh, you're going to see Clemson bounce back this week against Florida State uh, with Trevor Lawrence back. They lost to a Notre Dame team. That's really good. I'm not discrediting them, but Clemson was destined to their practice squad guys at the end of that overtime and still only lost by seven points. So um, that's my college football rant this week. Uh, I think we got some good games on tap. We'll get that in the, in the betting corner with CJ. But um, the game of the week for me is uh, Indiana, Ohio State. If Indiana can pull off and shock the world, uh, then we're going to be looking at a completely different playoff scenario. But as of right now, my top four teams are pretty clear cut and uh, we'll see how it goes this week, though. I've got a question for you. Though. What do you think of Mac Jones on Alabama? A lot of people have been saying, you know, his stats are showing he could be competing for the Heisman. I saw Joel Klatt say that he's actually pretty close to Burrow. Do you agree with that? What do you think about Mac Jones? 
Yeah, um, I didn't get a chance to talk, to talk about him. They didn't play this past week, uh, another game that got postponed. Uh, but I, I like his composure. He's very uh, – he sits back in the pocket, not really – he doesn't – even when he's under duress, he, he finds the right guy. He's, he's calm, uh, can scramble. Uh, but uh, the, the game that stands out for me is the Georgia game. They were down, trailing that whole first half. Second half, make some adjustments, and then they look like the Alabama team we've seen um, throughout the years. Uh, he's fitting well in that system. He looks just like Joe Burrow a little bit. They're the same build, and they're tough. They take hits, get right back up. But I like Mac Jones. I think he right now he's my number one in the Heisman race. I put it at Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and then Kyle Trask. Trevor Lawrence gets the knock because he hasn't played the last few weeks, but if he goes off, it's going to be a tough one because this college football season is such a I, – I think it's such an asterisk season. I get to touch on this either is you have so many teams playing different games. There's there's not a standard set for everybody. So I think I, I, when you come down – when it comes down to it, it's who's going to have the better stats. And I think Mac Jones is going to ultimately, um, you know, have that edge because they have beaten a Georgia team early on the year. I think they do beat a Florida team that's going to be top five, and um, we'll see where they go um, from there. Interesting. I, like I mean, I, I'm with you on that, and I'm with you on the top four too, because I just don't see, I just see everything going the way it should go. Uh, I, I mean, it is college football. We've seen plenty of crap happen with college football where things just go completely out of the way. But this season, it just looks like things are just going to happen the way they should. But CJ, do you got the the uh, the same top four? Do you think it stays the same? Yeah, I mean, and. It's a little bit – it's a little difficult. I'm not – like, like I know that Notre Dame, they, they beat Clemson. And, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, well, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence didn't be didn't play. But I'm like, but like what more would Trevor Lawrence have done? The kid, the Uungalele or Ugalele or whatever, threw for what? Uh, over 400, like four or five touchdowns, <clears throat> you know. So – but the thing is, is, is oddly – I'm just not sold on the on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish one bit. Um, so I know that they're right now the number two team in the country. I still think Clemson's a better team than them. Bama's a better team than them. I take the Gators over over Notre Dame. Yeah, me too. I think that if BYU were to play Notre Dame on a neutral field right now, BYU would take them all the way down to the end. Um, I just don't find Notre Dame to be all that great. They've got this one wide receiver on that team, number 11. They don't wear freaking last names on the back of their jersey, so I never know his name. But the number 11, so Ian Book throws to this number 11 guy. You shut him down in the red zone, I don't know who they're going to throw to. I really don't. So um, and I'm not an Ian Book guy either. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but he also doesn't make the wow plays that, that, you, that you need to mm-hmm. actually win you a title. So my actual top four – um, Steve, remind me of your top four one more time. So my top four, when it's all said and done, it's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Yeah, so I wouldn't I, – I don't – I just – my top four right now, I just wouldn't have Notre Dame in it. Now, they, they are 100% deserving to be at number two. They beat the number one team in the country, so I get it. Like, they, they should be in the top four. I just don't think that they are a top – I don't think they're one of the top four teams in the country. Um, I like Ohio State a lot. I obviously love Bama a lot. Clemson, those are three teams right there. And, like, I think that those three teams are 100% better than Notre Dame. And then there's a couple teams out in the top ten that I would say are just are, – are, are right up there. The Gators are right up there. I like Georgia more than I like Notre Dame. I, I would say Wisconsin would make Notre Dame, like, you know, bleed out there, really. Like, that's what I was, that's It's all so I'm true, saying, though. 
it's hard to yeah. not have no it's not it's hard to have not have Notre Dame in your top four, but honestly, after the Gators beat Georgia, kind of pains me to say it. I used to be a huge Gator fan, not anymore since I got FAU. I don't root for the school to to lose, but at the same time, I don't root for them to win. Uh, I'd probably have to put the Gators in the top four there because they're going to be the SEC East berth and they're going to have the crack at uh, Alabama. Yeah, but if they they already have one loss, if they if they lose yeah. the SEC championship, that's two losses, right? Yeah, yeah. But, so but when you have when you have the when you have a quarterback that's throwing five touchdowns a game and is in the Heisman watch, oh, no, I agree with you. I'm just saying you know in the committee's I mean? like, eyes, with the way that they put the teams in, it's always about these qualifications, and we've never seen a two loss team go in. I agree oh, with no, you. I, I mean, if they lose to Bama, they're not getting in. Right, yeah. right. But, yeah, but that, that's the shame about it. Yeah. Still, I would just say they're a better team than than the. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, just throw Notre Dame into the SEC, throw them into the Big Ten. They always get away with these cheap schedules because they're not in the conference. Uh, that's the number one thing that's always well, bothered me about them. They're, they're yeah, no, this, this year, the ACC, because they have to be. But, I mean, put them in the ACC full time because they get to pick and choose what they want to do every year. Uh, their, their head coach gets a little bit too much credit. I get it. He's a pretty decent recruiter. A lot of people are like, oh, he should be in the NFL, go to the NFL. Uh, I, I do think he's a great college football coach. I'm just saying – He's not as good as everyone makes him out to be. He plays these kind of middling teams. They barely beat Louisville earlier into the season. And listen, this Clemson loss that they, I mean, excuse me, the Clemson win that they had, they only beat them when they were losing a bunch of their defensive players and Lawrence. They only beat them by a field goal and it took them till double overtime. So, uh, you know, the hype around Notre Dame is just because they're undefeated. Uh, they they need to face some gauntlet type of teams. They're I think they're going to get demolished when they play Trevor again at the end of the season. Uh, so I really hope things go in the way of Florida because I want to see someone other than Notre Dame in this top four. Yeah, I will. Yeah, like, I think like, I'll, I will say though, um, Notre Dame. I think you'll see Notre Dame fully per- permanently join the ACC or or a conference. I hope when so. That, when that TV deal with NBC is up, because there's no reason why they should revenue share with other with other um, uh, programs. And right. they don't need to do that right now because they're independent and they get all that money from the TV contract with the NBC. Yeah. So they don't want to share it. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you know, you got that because the ACC is mainly on ESPN. Uh, and I think they have the ACC network too, which is owned by ESPN. So, uh, and then some, no, 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 they never get on CBS. They're never usually on Fox. So yeah, it's basically always ESPN for them. So yeah, I mean, that's how the ACC is going over there. And the last thing I'll say about the college football playoff is the one way Notre Dame gets knocked out of this top four, I get it, they beat Clemson early in the year, but the committee can look at it like this. All right, you beat a Clemson team with no James Skalski, no Tyler Davis and Mike Jones, two linebackers and a starting defensive tackle, beat them by seven in double overtime. The way Notre Dame gets knocked out is if Clemson rolls a number up, up on them in the ACC championship game. Let's say it ends up being like 56 to 10, 56, 13. Then the committee looks at it, goes, well, Notre Dame played Clemson in the playoff. What was it? Two years ago. Yeah. And they got absolutely embarrassed. If they get embarrassed in this championship game, I think you give, give the nod to a, a BYU or you give the nod to a Texas. A- I mean, somebody that can at least be competitive in this fourth spot, because I think we've seen the it's a broken record with Notre Dame. And I'll put Oklahoma in there. They're the same. They're they get in there in that playoff. Yeah. And they get absolutely the doors get blown off them. So 
I just want to see something. And since it's a COVID year, I want to see a team that's not in there. I'm pushing for BYU. I don't like them, but I want to see them in a big game and, and let's see what they can do. And let's put a, a group of five team on the map and let's start to think a little bit differently because this college football playoff, it's the same thing every year. It's always, it's either Alabama and Clemson and Ohio state's up there. It's the same four teams every year. Let's start yep. to see some uh, diversity and uh, let's, let's shake it up. It's an unorthodox year and let's try something new. Completely agreed. So we got this last segment here, uh, betters corner, uh, I'm honestly, I've looked at the lines for this weekend. I, I can't find a single game that I can confidently pick. I mean, I'm not the best better, so I'm just going to start off with that. By the way, I did see that there was a pick. Uh, it's a pick game this week between LSU and Arkansas. I found that a little surprising. Who would you go with in that? I mean, I, I feel like LSU could be the team, but I feel like that's also misleading at the same time. Yeah, there's some, there's some games this week. I'll let CJ take the wheel, but. There, you got to find the games that are like not the primo games, but you got to find yeah. the games where the lines are kind of like, you, okay, I'll take that 14 points. But I just think LSU is so up and down this year with their injuries and they're losing so many starters. Arkansas is up and down. They can come out and show you 42 points, and but then they can also come out lay an egg and score 10. So that's a dangerous game to pick. But the one game I say I would say to pick and stay on is Wisconsin. They're getting their starting quarterback back. Only favored by seven points. I'm gonna. I would take the seven points all day, and I think they win by at least fourteen points. All right, CJ, what are your picks this week? All right, so my picks early in the week would be FAU minus thirty-two and a half. No way. Are you yep, serious? Absolutely. <laughs> I would be all over that. I don't think it's going to be a game. I think Javion Posey will have four touchdowns on his own. Um, I think you will even see defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. UMass is not good. They come down to Boca. Uh, this is the, the last home game from the Owls. You know Willie Taggart's going to put an exclamation mark on it. I'm going to go FAU minus 32 and a half. Now we're going to go over to the NFL. NFL week 11. I'm going to go with the Dolphins minus three. No Drew Locke this week. If you have a sports book, get on that immediately. Drew Locke will not be playing this week, supposedly. If he does, he's playing banged up. The Dolphins' defense is good. They will limit Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler, who are rookie wide receivers. Um, and then Mel Melvin Gordon might have a good game, but you can't run the team to death anymore these days. you got to be able to throw the football, so I'll take Dolphins minus three. Then uh, for my third and final pick this week, I would take the New England Patriots plus two and a half against the Houston Texans. Interesting. And hey, uh, I'm not really doing this, but you know, I'm putting in the bet for the Dolphins game as we speak, uh, but not really mom and dad. I'm, I'm not putting in the bet, but uh, I, I actually like that one. I didn't see that line until you said it. So that, that one's pretty good. Uh, and then the, wait, so you, you said you're taking Patriots minus two and a half against Houston? Plus, plus two and a half. Okay. Interesting. So we got those picks for better's corner. Now we got some, uh, some NBA trades that went down over the night. I got them listed right here. So a few days ago, uh, this one's actually a few days ago, Dennis Schroeder uh, traded from OKC to Los Angeles. I like this pickup for the Lakers. Better than Rondo at point guards. So now you got Schroeder, Green, LeBron, AD, Dwight Howard. So I'm liking that. Starting five a little bit more. Um, defending NBA champion Lakers. Then you got Chris Paul being traded to the Phoenix Suns. 
I got to admit, I laughed a little bit when I saw this. Uh, you know, once again, my New York Knicks and the trade rumors to get another superstar, and it doesn't even come close to happening. I'm telling you, I don't believe a single rumor when it comes to the New York Knicks. Just stupid. They, they don't get any stars, not one. No one wants to go and play for James Dolan and be irrelevant. The second they're they're the they're the little brother to the Brooklyn Nets now with KD, especially if Harden goes there, you're going to forget what the New York Knicks are if if Harden goes to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, so then uh, the OKC got a, a few draft picks in acquisition. So this was the big one. And, and you know, I think we're going to have some differing opinions here. So we have Milwaukee making a trade with OKC. Uh, Milwaukee, tr- excuse me, I was wrong about that. Sorry. Uh, Milwaukee making a trade with New Orleans. You have Eric Bledsoe and George Hill going to New Orleans in, ex- in exchange for Drew Holiday. I kind of like this trade. You're getting rid of two point guards that you've kind of relied on. But at the same time, Drew Holiday is probably a B to a B-plus player, better option than those two guys. So you got Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton as B-B-pluses to pair with Giannis. We've heard Giannis is getting ready to sign this max extension. Maybe this kind of bodes well to that, especially because they got rid of two other guys. They got rid of Ersan Ilyasova and Dante DiVincenzo, along with DJ Wilson. They traded them to Sacramento for Bogdan Bogdanovich, not Boban in in Utah. This is Bogdan. So uh, confusing names a little bit there, but that's their starting five now. It's Drew, um, Chris Middleton. I'm forgetting now. Giannis, Brooke Lopez, and then Bogdan. That's right. Bogdan is small forward. It's kind of iffy for me. I mean, I'm not really scared by that. I still like Boston more. I like Miami more. I like Brooklyn more now that KD's back this year. That's how I look at that. And then Trevor Ariza being traded back to Houston for the third time. uh, And now Robert Covington going to Portland in the other way. And then, by the way, in that uh, Phoenix trade, OKC getting back Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, and Ty Jerome along with Jalen LeCue. I don't know how to say that last name there. Uh, but let, let's start with that OKC Phoenix trade, I guess. Good for the Suns. I mean, you got Booker, Aiton, and Chris Paul barely missed the playoffs. I guess that's all I have to say about that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for Chris Paul, uh, supposedly Chris Paul wanted uh, Arizona or Phoenix or whatever. Um, I don't really know, uh, but I think that this helps propel – the Suns, who are actually a pretty darn good young team, uh, right into the playoffs. I think you have your floor general now, Chris Paul, who can give you upwards of 18 points to 24 points a night. Uh, with his assists, it takes a lot of the load off Devin Booker, who can who can now create his own space off the ball. So I do like the trade for the Suns. Um, I would say that for me, something I didn't really like for the Thunder was letting Schroeder go uh, to the Lakers. Uh, that happened, right? Yeah. Yeah, Schroeder to Lakers. I think for the Lakers, that's huge. But for the OKC, I don't know. I like Dennis Schroeder. But I guess for the Suns, it's like a, hey, you know, you got your, you know, you got Chris Paul. He's a little older, but he, you know, he's still pretty good. And you guys are probably going to make the playoffs now. And I think that's what the Suns want. I think they want to make the playoffs two back-to-back years. I think they want to make it next this year and the following year. I think they're going to have Chris Paul for two years. And uh, Chris Paul with Devin Booker is, is good enough to get you into the playoffs uh, in the West, especially with the rest of those pieces on that team. And I think they have a decent draft pick right now. So anyway, uh, I like the Suns and I think the Suns will be like a seven seed this upcoming year. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, you, I agree. I mean, they were right there about to make the playoffs. They slipped at the end. They choked in the bubble when they were playing the round Robins. 
Uh, so it, it kind of didn't work out for them. But now you get that vet. Look what Chris Paul did to OKC. They get rid of Russell Westbrook. Everyone gave up on OKC. And then suddenly you see them in a six seed. So I think the same thing's going to happen with Phoenix. But what do you think about Milwaukee? Do you think that this is worthy for Giannis to stay? I, I just look at this as Milwaukee's like, hey, Giannis, we're shedding cap. Uh, you know, we got rid of Urson and 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 DiVincenzo and we got rid of everyone. We're clearing cap space for you and we got your your third star. But I don't see it as enough. I don't see Giannis, Middleton and Holiday winning a championship. Well, and Bogdan. Yeah, but like, really? I mean, you know, he's like he I'd rather take Boban on Utah I don't, I you know, you don't really hear about Bogdan. I mean, he's not like an all-star or anything. I think he's just kind of a role player. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't see Milwaukee as this big, scary threat. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm still the same way about the the Milwaukee Bucks until there's a culture change there until they start playing harder. I'm not the biggest, I'm not, I'm not a big believer in the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I think that these moves are good enough to, to where, they wouldn't have gotten gen, uh, a gentleman's sweep against the Miami Heat. I think they would have won a couple more games with this roster. Uh, and who knows what could have happened. But, um, yeah, I'm still – I mean, in terms of the grand scheme of things in the East, I would still take – even with this roster, if they played the Celtics, the Nets, or the Heat, I'd probably take all three of those teams against them just because better coaching for the Miami Heat, better culture, they play harder. They're – like the Bucks don't play as hard as the Miami Heat, and that's really what it came down to every game. Uh, it wasn't too much of a skill thing because the, the Heat don't pride themselves on skill. And I like the I like the Celtics just regardless, coaching, skill as well. And they've got, you know, I think they're going to make a move tonight and do something. I think the Celtics are going to do a little something tonight. And then the Nets obviously have all the skill in the world. So I, I don't know. I mean, it just, they go, that team goes by where Giannis is going to go. And Giannis, unfortunately, doesn't have enough moves in the post. He doesn't have enough offensive moves that make you sit there and like, we need to block that. We need to block this. They're just going to put two guys on you uh around the free throw line and make make your life hell Giannis and that's just the formula to beat the Bucks still because none of these players that they got are like guys where you're like okay well now we need to worry about him you know they're just complimentary yeah. players and they need exactly to, honestly I would have said screw these three guys or screw these two guys let's let's go out and get a Bradley Beal let's go out right. and get a Victor Oladipo and that is just like a legitimate star so but yeah, I, I and, and Oladipo would have come at a cheaper price. Still not scared. Yeah, no, I'm not scared either. I mean, I, I agree with you about Oladipo. He would have been cheaper because he got injured this year. He's not going to get this super max contract after, you know, he needs to prove himself again. Get him on a quick one-year deal. It's easy. It's simple. So uh, we'll see what happens with Giannis. But there have been those trade rumors with the Heat as well. You know, rumors with Hero and, and other people going to Washington for Beal. But Beal has also said in the past he wants to stay with Washington. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, I, I give it to him for saying, hey, we can build something here. But he's been there for a while and they haven't done shit. So, we, you know, uh, I'm waiting a little bit on the Wizards. So Steve and I will have a Strictly Baseball sometime later this week. We'll have a Strictly Hockey probably as well. A bunch of new uniforms in the NHL look really great. I love the Rangers. Lightning look great. I haven't seen the Panthers yet, though, uh, but they should be coming out with a retro jersey uh, soon. Um, and then what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So FAUL Radio, if we get our technology fixed, and I know I said a few weeks ago that me and Zach were going to get the call on FAULradio.com for the uh, – what game was that? For the Western Kentucky game. We got up to the booth, and our, our equipment didn't work. 
So we're, we're trying to get that fixed this week. Hopefully, if it does, we'll be on the call for the Friday night game at 8 o'clock versus UMass. So hopefully we get it fixed. If we don't, it is what it is, and uh, we'll have football games for you guys again next year. But uh, we'll also have FAU basketball games on FAU All Radio and FAU baseball games as well. Steve and I actually do a lot of those games, so that'll be fun when the season gets back. And then uh, real quick here, Steve, before the pot ends, I should have led with this. Uh, you saw Sheffield and Johnny Damon at the uh, golf tourney you were working, and you also have some good news about a little job you got. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, working with uh, – I, I told you one of my buddies, he worked with the Yankees uh, last spring training. Uh, it's ironic working with the Evil Empire now and the coming spring training. Uh, he was like, yeah, you can like, – his dad works for uh, the head of the security there. So hopefully it all works out and pans out there. But uh, be around uh, Aaron Judge and all those guys uh, throughout the spring training, which would be kind of sick. And uh, Bro, You're making me great. jealous. I got my Yankee shirt on right here. I'll just, I'll just chirp Judge the whole time. And then Dan <laughs> probably like lift up a weight and tear his labrum. But uh, was able to see, was able to see uh, Sheffield and uh, Johnny Damon, just down to earth guys. Uh, Damon kind of ripped up the Rays a little bit. He goes, he wanted to retire a Ray. Uh, and he just kind of shit on the whole the whole system and how they can't keep players. But it was a cool experience with all those guys. Uh, uh, but definitely uh, a time uh, was had there. Yeah, that's really awesome. cool, man. Awesome. And congratulations on the uh, the job with the Yankees. That's fantastic. Yeah, thanks, man. That's awesome, Steve. Yep. So that's uh, that's going to do it for this pod. I fish of strictly sports for Steve Cash and CJ Yuri. I'm Jacob Brown, and we will see you next time.